Welcome into a new sub-series of the Suits in the Stadium podcast. We are calling this sub-series Thoughts on a Thursday. Thoughts on a Thursday is four students currently enrolled in sport management programs, just spending time chatting with each other, learning from each other, sharing advice to those other people that may be interested in getting into the sport management space. Maybe they're currently in the sport management space. Maybe they're currently in a in a master's program. Just thought it was a good idea to to sit down with some friends and have some good conversation. Two of these individuals are currently at University of San Francisco, Christopher Hollis, as well as Keyshawn Hyde. And then the other two, Jen Hernandez and myself, Casey Coleman, are both currently enrolled in the master's program of sport management at Long Beach State. So I thought it would be a great time for us to just sit down, chat amongst friends, hopefully something we say, something we share, something we've learned in our journey so far is able to help you in your journey in sports management. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome back. Episode two, Thoughts on a Thursday, joined again by my friends Jen, Keyshawn, and Chris. Jen, Keyshawn, and Chris, how are you today? What's up? Doing good. Sweet, sweet. We are back. Episode two. For those of you that missed episode one, thoughts on a Thursday. Just a little bit about behind the scenes from those of us currently pursuing our master's degree in sports management. Jen and I are both at Long Beach State. Chris and Keyshawn are currently at University of San Francisco. And every week we pick a new topic. We discuss it from our point of view. This week's topic is going to be something that we all love to be a part of and we all love doing, and that's the idea of looking for that job, right? We're in here, we're in the master's, the ultimate goal is to land a job, but we're also looking for jobs during the program, we're looking for internships during the program. We've revised our resume a hundred million times to hope that it stands out from the hundred thousand other resumes that other people are getting. So that's the topic for this week, thoughts on a Thursday. Uh, Whoever wants to start, thoughts on applying for jobs, resumes, all those things? Well, I think that there's so many different ways, obviously, you can find jobs and apply for them. But besides like the basic ones of, you know, using LinkedIn and um, Indeed and all those other things, I just think it's important to stay like more than anything on top of it. Like literally you need to be like, if you are in the job market, you should be applying to multiple things every day, you know, because you never know when something's going to hit and when people are going to get, you know, like when you'll get noticed. Um, So obviously using those job search engines and things like that. But again, you know, your connections, like using them as well, just talking about where you're at and what you're doing and what you're looking to doing or what you're interested in. Because when they know of certain jobs that are opening or, you know, that like you can fit into, it's, you know, it would be easier that way. But I think also that you're going to need to be like your biggest advocate when it comes to like applying and really just like putting yourself out there in multiple ways. And then, you know, just to follow up with that, when you are applying, like, don't be afraid to reach out to people, you know, via LinkedIn and things like that, because 
even if it's blindly, you know, but making sure like you are sending notes to follow up after you apply. Because again, it's like, it's going to be a way for you to stand out. Even if there is a hundred thousand other people doing the same thing, it's like you even like, it's just going to take that one like shot for you to stick out to somebody, you know, so that your resume can even be like looked at rather than just like going through some type of, you know, internet thing. And it's like, it doesn't even get pulled. So I think those are like key things when it comes to applying for jobs. Definitely. Uh, I think I'll take it uh, from here too. Really for me, I think when it comes to like jobs and like how I like kind of fell into my things, it was kind of really just based off connections. Like I started off at, you know, my current, um, college in like a, a entry level position and you know kind of just worked hard and like my supervisor seeing me from there and then kept moving me along uh, but one key thing that I, that I hear a lot at my job when building your resume is when you're you know structuring your resume um and sending it in like look at the job description and pull like key terms, key words, and put it on your resume. Because a lot of uh, they have, I guess, it's like a application system that where they kind of like scan it through, and it just pulls key terms, and it allows people to actually get it get an interview by noticing that okay, this resume lines up because it may be two thousand, three thousand people applying, so it's not humans that's actually sitting looking at each application. So that was a, tr- a trick that I learned that I, you know, kind of give to my close friends. And I'm sharing those nuggets on this podcast because I really think that's a way to get to an interview. And for a lot uh, for a lot of people, I think that's the hardest thing is just getting an interview. There's a lot of dope people out there um, that never get an interview. And they're like, damn, why don't I never get a job? Why I can't? I'm just keep failing. But it's like you have to set yourself up for success to get an interview, then you can show people that you're capable in that interview and that you're, you know, a qualified person. So I think that's probably one of the biggest things that I learned when it comes to resumes. And like I said, just jobs for me, just kind of, it was all connection based and yeah, just honestly, just, you know, doing a lot with a little, you know, whatever role that I'm in, make sure I just kill it. I nail everything. And then I just keep moving on like that. So yeah. And they use LinkedIn. You know, LinkedIn is, is the social media platform for networking and everything. Yep. People super cool over there. You can meet. I, I mean, I'm in. I'm connection with people from Washington D.C. to Florida. You know, I'm all the way in Cali. And you know, if a job opens up, you know, and they need something, they been reach like they'll reach out to me and things like that. So, I think LinkedIn is a super great source for um, obtaining a job. Yeah. And, you know, just much like what Chris and Jen said, um, you know, just applying for jobs, um, you know, because uh, through the program, you you would definitely get a lot of opportunities. And I think it's important to, you know, take advantage of, of the opportunities because this is why you joined the program. And, you know, you, you definitely want to explore, you know, uh, a lot of different avenues in the industry. So, um, you know, this is like a good way to do so. And, you know, so you'd really have to be persistent 
Um, a lot of us have our dream jobs in the industry, but, um, you know, like, again, if you kind of like, um, you know, div diversify your per portfolio, you'll definitely be able to like make yourself a stronger candidate when it comes to applying for that dream job. Um, you know, definitely when it comes to the resume, uh, you know, you want to put as much, you know, like experience and, you know, anything that would be relevant to the job, um, definitely put like the most relevant, you know, at the top. And, you know, like much like what Chris said, you know, for the keywords, like, you know, you want to answer the job description, you know, in your resume. And, you know, like, because when that, you know, the, the, the interviewer that's, that's reading this, you know, that's what they're looking for, you know, and, you know, even when you go in for the interview, you want to make sure that you're prepared, you know, for any of those type of questions. And, you know, like, that's the beauty of the master's program, I think, you know, is like that professional development and it's like, you know, letting, you know, um, you know, like, like how it, it, it just emphasizes, you know, the importance of being ready, you know, for this, for this moment. And, you know, um, again, with the LinkedIn, you know, it's definitely a cool platform to, you know, network with a lot of professionals. Um, I've met a lot of you know, people up there and, you know, like that's also your resume as well, like your online resume. So, you know, it's just like, um, just a good way for you to, to hold that professional standard. And, but yeah, yeah, you know, definitely take advantage of the internship opportunities and, um, you know, the programs and, and like, that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest reason why I think, you know, it's, is um, is worth it for sure. Yeah, for me, I think, uh, you know, my, my application and applying process kind of switched uh, partway through the program uh, at Long Beach State. Uh, you know, we get into the program and we hear about this this uh, website called Teamwork Online, uh, and it's a very, very helpful website. Uh, for those of you that don't know what that is, it's it's the Indeed or, or whatever other job site you may think of, uh, of the sport management space. And you go on and teams from all over the country, all over the world. Uh, post these jobs, you apply sometimes through the teamwork app. Sometimes it redirects you to the team's uh, official website or whatever. And, and I got to a point where I was applying for a position and, and teamwork online keeps track of how many positions you apply for. Uh, and I'd applied for 80 positions, eight zero, uh, and had not gotten a response from a single one. Uh, nothing that's obviously not LinkedIn's fault. Uh, I, I had at the time had a gentleman on my podcast uh, who works on the hiring side who kind of explained how small amount of uh, information you see per candidate on the backside of LinkedIn uh, or on the backside of Teamwork Online, excuse me, uh, and realized I needed to switch kind of how I attacked the application space. So what I switched it to was I would use Teamwork Online as a resource, but then I would find that connection. So coming back to Chris's piece, those connections, those relationships, uh, you know, the network, which we'll get into in a future episode, I would then figure out who I knew or who I was connected with from that organization. So for example, I applied for a position with the LA Galaxy, saw the position posted on Teamwork Online, boom, went over to LinkedIn, who do I know that works for the Galaxy or has connections in the Galaxy, reached out to them, and then kind of got my application through there, uh, ended up getting an interview with the Galaxy, did not get the job with the Galaxy. 
Uh, but really, instead of kind of taking the, I'm going to apply the same way as hundreds of thousands of people are applying, you could take that direct route of having those connections and having those relationships back to Chris's point. So initially came in, was trying to apply for as many jobs as I could via Teamwork Online. That obviously didn't work, had to reshuffle. Uh, use Teamwork Online still as a resource to see what jobs are available, but how I go about applying for them uh, changed in regards to using connections, uh, having people forward on your, your resume, your cover letter, stuff like that. So, Yeah, I think that's such a good point, Casey, because from like the HR point of view, you know, they get thousands and thousands of resumes or whatever, but every organization like has their way of how like they pick. So obviously like, you know, positions can be posted on teamwork online and like they already have an internal candidate that's like going to fill that position. So it's like, yeah, they get posted for us and then we get excited, but then it's like, and we apply, but that that position's already filled. Like that person's going through HR paperwork, like, you know, (laughs) so it's like, and being, you know, in my old job, like I saw that back end, like within healthcare of like, of that exact situation where it's like, you already have people that are either like being promoted or like just internally, like switching departments and things like that. So it's like, you really do have, it's just a reminder that like, you have to be on top of it and then take it as a grain of salt. Because again, that position can be posted and it may not even like it's already filled or like, it's just been in their job queues, you know, like it's an HR just formality thing that they need to be doing and posting these positions. And like, so yeah, like to your point of you applying to 80 different positions and not even getting hit from one, that's like, that's not any, like anything to say about you or your resume or anything, you know? So I think that's just important to remember that when we are applying, like, you know, you just have to keep, keep at it. And then, yeah, just use your connections. And, um, but I think that's something that not a lot of people like think of, especially like, you know, if you're new and getting into the job market, you don't know those kind of things. So it's, it's just a good reminder to keep in mind, like when you are looking and applying. Yeah, Jen, man, just to piggyback off what you said, like I see that all the time. Um, like they HR fly position, like honestly, sometimes they fly internally first and then they'll, you know, put it out there. Um, so like a few weeks before, like people that, like at the, at my college already have access and able to, you know, apply to the job, see if they, you know, want to, want to get it or not. And then they have relationships with people on those hiring committees already. So it's like, that's already a, a upper hand and yeah, like it's jobs are filled even why are you applying? So it's that that was crazy to me to even know that. And then once I was able to see the back end on that, I was like, man, I'm like, yes, yeah, this is a cold game, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think too, like, um, you know, just about searching for jobs, especially in the, the sport industry, like it's a lot of who you know. So that's why it's like important to always like reach back and um, you know, or or follow up, I mean. Um, you know, after meeting with someone, um, I think that's very important. So, like, that's a lot of how you might be able to get a job, you know. And, um, you know, so I think that's also one of the biggest reasons why I joined the program, because I didn't know 
I, I really didn't know anyone that worked in the industry. You know, like um, I wanted to get in. I could do a lot of research and, and you know, learn about the qualifications. But, you know, taking that step and, and really going for it and, you know, finding the program that would really like uh, grow your network where you could benefit from that um, was is, you know, uh, a real important. So, yeah, you know, definitely who you know and, and reaching out to them. Yeah, and to follow up on Keyshawn's point, um, and I, I'm not saying that any of this were, were insinuating this, um, it, it really is about maintaining those genuine relationships, right? It's not going into relationships. And again, if you listen to the main podcast to talk about this a lot with guests about how when you reach out on LinkedIn, which you re- when you reach out on whatever platform you reach out on, you need to have a genuine interest in wanting to connect with that person, right? If I, If Chris works for the Clippers, let's say, and I really want a job for the Clippers. And the only reason I reach out to Chris is so Chris could put in a good word for me to work for the Clippers. That's a disingenuine reason to reach out to someone. It's very selfish. To be honest, Chris is probably going to sniff me out pretty quick that I have no desire to get to know Chris and really just want Chris to help me get in the door. So I think like Keyshawn said, it's about maintaining those relationships, right? When I just gave the example of the galaxy position, that wasn't the first time I'd interacted with that person. I had a relationship. We'd had a deep enough connection. They had even said to me, hey, if a position ever comes up with the Galaxy, let me know. But it was because I cultivated that relationship. It wasn't that first interaction we had where I said, hey, I'm Casey Coleman. I go to Long Beach State. I just applied for a job for the Galaxy. Can you put in a good word? Because he doesn't know who I am. But we built those relationships. We cultivate those relationships so that we can have those genuine connections. And then potentially down the road, there could be those opportunities. But even if they're not, it doesn't mean their relationship with them wasn't worth it because they didn't help you get a position. So I'll bring it home with one final question, just kind of some tangible something for people to take away. Uh, maybe one piece of advice, whether in the app, in the application process or in the interview process that you would give to maybe yourself or maybe to those that are currently kind of in that game of, of applying, uh, networking, building connections, editing their resume whether it's a piece of advice that you've applied, whether it's a piece of advice that you've heard uh, that people can kind of that nugget that they can walk away from today's episode with and apply to their, apply to their application process. I mean, I think for me, it's just like resumes are so subjective, right? So it's like, I even have a few different resumes that like how we were kind of talking about earlier that have those different keywords for like different types of positions that I'm applying for. Um, and like, you know, I title them each differently on, on my like laptop so that when I'm applying to like those types of positions, like I'm all, like, I already have a resume specifically for that. And then, I mean, I think it, it would be remiss of us to like not bring up using AI because, you know, companies are using AI like for that filter process, like how Chris was saying. So it's like, I think be smart when it comes to that. So, you know, get a few people that you have reviewed, like to review your resume that like you trust and like you feel are, you know, would give you good, like points of what you need to change. But then also like, in this day and age, like you gotta like lean on AI too and like run it through there. So like run it through a few different like things, like people and then obviously AI, just because again, like that's what more and more companies and organizations are moving towards, like to filter out those applications. So I think just those things would be important to remember. 
Yeah. And just to add to that, Jen, you know, I think, um, you know, when going for a job, you definitely want to be confident going in for the job. And I think that shows a, a lot to the employer that um, that you at least know what the job description is, you know, and that you study it. And, um, you know, you definitely want to know everything in the job description um, because, like, let's say that, you know, when you go in for the interview, they ask you a question, you know, you want to be able to, you know, um, have that answer, especially if it's something in the job description. And I think, um, you know, knowing what's in the job description makes you a stronger candidate. Um, at the same time, a lot of the jobs, you know, they have all these qualifications and you won't have maybe, you know, you won't have 100 percent of those. A lot of the times you might you may have 60 percent, maybe 50 percent, 75, whatever, you know. But, um, you know, once it's in that like range, I would say, you know, to go for it. And, you know, you never know. And, you know, but take the right steps. Try to be try to be different, you know, to like stand out in a way, um, you know, not nothing too extreme, you know, for sure. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, like definitely as a professional you definitely want to do something that that will help you like stand out, um, you know, so that you could get noticed. Because I feel like um, that that shows that you put a lot of thought into into being like recognized, you know. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, I have a quick follow up, and then Chris, I'll let you go. Sorry. Just in the in the confidence piece, I saw something online the other day that talked about even with the secretary that answers the door or brings you into the office, that person is being consulted by the hiring manager as well. So I saw a thing, an individual went to apply or went to an interview with the Denver Broncos. After that person left the interview, the person interviewing them went to the woman at the front desk to ask how they interacted with them. Were they polite with them? Were they courteous with them? Were they respectful? Were they kind? So that whole professional and being confident, it starts the minute you walk in the door to the office, not when you walk into the conference room, not when you walk into the big boss's office, all eyes are on you from the minute you walk in the door. So, Chris, my bad. You got it. <laughs> now, yeah, man, I was just going to piggyback off to you and Keyshawn for sure, man. Uh, when it comes to the interviewing process, like something that I've heard and something I think I'm going to apply to, like, when, like once I get my master's and I, you know, start really looking for that that next step up for me is, you know, going to the into that interview, doing, uh, like, crazy research, Um on, on that company, wherever that may be, and identifying a problem and then coming up with the solution already. Because uh, I heard, like, um, I, think it was, I think it was Deion Sanders that said it, like, when he before he got the Colorado job, he was overprepared. He gave them, like, a five-year vision for that job. So it's like coming in with that mindset of being overprepared. And people, one, one thing I know is that people in these high-level positions and the ones that's doing doing the interviews – they want problem solvers, right? They want people that's going to bring solutions because if you're able to solve a problem, you're making their job easier. And everybody wants their job to be easier. So if you could come in and have that mindset of like, I see you all may, you know, and it, it may backfire. I don't know. You know, <laughs> like, like, who are you to tell us that we not doing this right? Right. But, right. Know, like, the way you approach it, the way you approach it and be like, hey, I see this may be, you know, you don't, you are doing a great job right here, but here's a way you can increase your revenue that I've done research on. And, um, you know, using these tactics, you may be able to, you know, and you use that at the end. Cause you know, at the end, they always ask, uh, is there any questions that you may have? Like, boom, I'm going to 
laid out for right there. So that's something I've been preparing for for when I do get that big job that come across. And really, I think that that may help me nail it, nail the position. So, yes. We didn't have this plan, but that was literally what I was going to say, Chris, about ask questions at the end of the interview. Jen and I have had multiple conversations individually about this exact thing. And this is another thing that for me personally, I've implemented in the last few months of interviews. So the 30 plus year, well, not 30, I didn't start interviewing when I was born. So the 15, we'll say 15 years of interviews prior to that. I was always the guy at the end when they're like, you have any questions? And you're like, no, I'm good. Thanks. Ask questions at the end. Google it. Whatever the questions may be. Ask questions about the culture of the company. Ask questions about your role. Ask questions about, like Chris just mentioned, how can I help? Or what are areas that you see me being able to come in and work on? Uh, You know, ask questions at the end. It's so important. (laughs) Like, Google, Google it if you want. Like if you don't have one you can think of, Google it. There's plenty of websites. Trust me, I've Googled a lot of them. There's plenty of websites out there that give you questions to ask. Uh, but it shows them that you have a response. It shows them that you're not this robot, that you have, you know, you have emotions and you have feelings. And, you know, some questions uh, you use, some questions you don't. Um, but I think ask questions at the end of the interview would be my advice. Anyways, that wraps up another episode of Thoughts on a Thursday. Jen, Keyshawn, Chris, thank you guys again, and we'll see everyone in the next one. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Thoughts on the Thursday podcast. The Thoughts on a Thursday podcast is available across all listening platforms, including Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Also new this season, you can see a video version of each episode on our YouTube channel. So make sure to follow us on all social media platforms, including LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, and share with others who you think may be interested in our podcast. We release new episodes of the Thoughts on a Thursday podcast every Thursday, so be sure to subscribe so you never miss a single episode. Thanks again, and we'll see you in the next one.